Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary. This is your NBA Finals Game 2 post-show. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for tuning in today. The focus of this show is going to be all about the NBA Finals. We're doing two parts today. Uh, the Sunday one here is coming out right away, and then Monday morning there will be the podcast uh, about everything else that went on in the world of sports this weekend and what's coming up going into next week. So as always, you can find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I am at PrimetimeKlein, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK, and you can email the show couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. Um, just a couple of quick notes. If you are listening to this right now and you have not subscribed, first of all, welcome. Second of all, please do. And also, if you could uh, leave a review, that helps out a great deal as well. So please do those things. And uh, yeah, enjoy the show. Let's get on with our NBA Finals breakdown after Game 2, a Miami Heat victory. Hi, I'm Kim Carson. And I'm Peter Klein, and this is We Had No Idea. A podcast about world events that you know about. But might have fallen asleep for during history class. Or social studies, however you learned history in high school. Each week we'll do a deep dive into important topics throughout history. So whether you already know everything or feel like you need to top up on some history, we'll be here for you. Listen to us each week wherever you get your podcasts. Woo! All right, the Miami Heat win 111-108 to even up the NBA Finals at one game apiece. And there's obviously a lot of things to, to touch on from this game. But the first one, this is just an awesome, awesome win by Miami. No one gave them a hope of winning any of these games in Denver. And now they've done that. And, and now you have put yourself in a position where you don't have to win another game in Denver to win a championship. They, they have games three and four and six in Miami. If they win all of those, they are your NBA champions. That's just how this works. And so to, to be able to go into a place where LeBron had issues, where the Suns had issues with Kevin Durant, that this is no small feat and something that I think should be celebrated from the, the Miami side of things. Like that this is a quality, quality win. Obviously, it's in the NBA Finals. They're all quality wins. But you know what I mean? Like that this is a, a, a strong, strong outing for Miami and something I, I think that they should, that they can really, really build on. And you just have to wonder. Well, you don't have to, but I do. If... The extra day in Denver helped. You know, like I, I personally, like, we, we live not at Denver altitude, but I live in altitude in Calgary. Um, it's certainly altitudinally or more than Miami. Um, I wonder, it, like, I don't know how long it takes for your body to get adjusted to it, but to have that kind of performance in the fourth quarter means that these guys were at least a little bit adjusted to it. And I think that's a, a real positive for Miami to take out of this. Not only do they not have to win in Denver, but now they know they can win in Denver. And not that this is a Miami team that is lacking in belief, but it's always nice to have proof of concept every once in a while. While this is a strong win for Miami, two things can be true. It's a strong win for Miami. That's a, it's kind of a bad win for Denver. And I know right now we're in the spot where we're not like, I feel like sometimes we kind of get caught up in the narratives. I believe everyone's just kind of expecting this to kind of be a victory lap for Denver. They're going to come out. Every game's not going to look like game, game one. They're going to win by 100. And then Jokic is going to lift up the trophy, and we're going to all call him the, the best player in the world. Cool? Awesome. Great. Break. I think we kind of got caught up in it a little bit too much. And when you get caught up in that sort of thing, it's tough to, to say anything negative about the team that everyone's really high on. But I, I think it's okay to say... This is a shitty loss for Denver. This is not a game that they should lose. Not that Miami is a bad team or anything like that, but you're up eight in the fourth quarter at home in the NBA Finals, and you lose? Um, that that just that's that that is not something that should happen. So while we are all waiting for the coronation of the Denver Nuggets and, and of Jokic, I think it's okay to say that there's still a couple of things that this team maybe needs to improve on. I know. 
gasp. But we can say negative things about the Denver Nuggets too. This is a really bad win, uh, or sorry, a really bad loss. It doesn't mean that they they can't go into Miami and take two more. Um, it, it doesn't mean that they're going to lose the NBA Finals. But just in this vacuum, looking at this game two of the NBA Finals, this is a bad one to lose for for Denver, and they should feel bad about it. <laughs> um, but no, like this is a tough one for 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 Denver to drop there. And I think that there's a couple of things that they are going to, to need to work on if they're going to, to kind of progress here. I think a couple of players need to step up a little bit more. Um, I think Porter had a bad game. Um, his shot selection was terrible. It just felt like, hey, I haven't shot the ball in five minutes here, so I'm just going to do it. I don't care that there's a, a hand in my face. I don't care. Like, the amount of times Breen would say, Porter contested three was, I mean, basically every time he shot. He needs to be a whole lot better and kind of understand this isn't about him. Like you are at best the number three option on this team. Play like it. Um, it throwing up desperation shots when there's still 12 seconds left on the shot clock and you have one of the better playmakers in the history of the sport. Hmm. Let's maybe not do that, shall we? Um, so he absolutely needs to be better. Also, Aaron Gordon should not be so easily shut down by Kevin Love. I feel like that was something that was just glossed over on the broadcast tonight. It was like, oh, well, they brought Kevin Love in, so Aaron Gordon's out. It's like, hmm. I feel like that still should not be a problem. You know, Kevin Love, who hasn't played in three games because why would he? Um... He is the same size as Aaron Gordon. That should not matter athletically. Eric Gordon should be able to somehow, some way, figure out some mystical way to get around the defensive prowess of Kevin Love in 2023. I thought it was just a bit too easily just like, oh yeah, and of course Aaron Gordon, how could he do anything against Kevin the Glove Love? Like, there's what? No, no, that shouldn't have happened. Um, Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter specifically need to step up for the Denver Nuggets if they're going to to kind of bounce back from this game. You look at the role players on the Denver side, looking at it on the Miami side, that's why they win this basketball game. You look in the first quarter, Max Struess comes up with a, a really strong start that gets Miami out of the gates rolling up 10-2 to start the basketball game. Um, after that, Gabe Vincent with just a really strong game throughout. And then Duncan Robinson, out of nowhere in the fourth quarter, puts up 10 points in like a minute and a half. And all of a sudden, Miami has the lead. Um, this was not an exceptional Kyle Lowry game. This was not, until the end, we'll get to that in a second, an exceptional Jimmy Butler game. This was the role player stepping up in key moments. Um, I do think it's kind of funny that you just, like, w without a hint of irony or self-awareness, you just kind of roll from, well, you know... Gabe Vincent, he's the 395th highest paid player in the league or whatever the stat was. Um, this man's going to get paid out here in, in free agency. Oh, and in checks Duncan Robinson, uh, who played like eight games this season and the Miami Heat couldn't give that contract away. But by all means, sign Vincent to a contract. Like, we, we just did this. We just did this after the bubble. I, it, was it, the, it was the bubble, right? Where Duncan Robinson just went absolutely bananas, gets a huge contract, and was almost immediately unplayable, and was almost immediately the worst contract, uh, one of the worst contracts in the NBA. Like, it, it, it is great that you went off and did this thing, but now, especially when there are more penalties for going over the luxury tax, and there are more penalties for... or it becomes just a little bit more difficult for, for going over the, the luxury tax to, to improve your team... I feel like overpaying Gabe Vincent might be a bit of a problem, but like it, it's been a great run. I just don't know if I'm banking on this continuing for the rest of his career. Like I, 
I, I, I feel like we are seeing more the peak than the start of something fantastic for Gabe Vincent, Vincent. But I don't know what the fuck the lesson is to learn from Duncan Robinson and whatever he's doing now where, where he comes out and just absolutely is lighting it up and is not just like spot up three point shooter guy, like um, hitting some shots off the dribble, penetrating and getting into the lane and drawing fouls and putting up points that way. Like just all of a sudden, Duncan Robinson was the best version of Duncan Robinson that we haven't seen in three years. I don't know what it is. I don't know if the, the the lesson to learn from this is just like stick with your shooters. I don't know if the lesson to learn from this is, hey, maybe Miami could have played any defense in the fourth quarter. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what to take from this and it's driving me crazy. I would love for there to be a big overarching like, yes, this is the message to take from this game and from Duncan Robinson's performance. It's that teams should blah, 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 blah. But there isn't that because I I just, I can't, I can't fully wrap my head around it. Maybe it's just we gave up on Duncan Robinson uh, a little bit too early. Maybe that's, maybe that is the lesson. Um, so those guys kind of get them to crunch time. And then when it gets into crunch time, the big dog steps up and that's Jimmy Butler. He made big plays when the Miami Heat needed big plays. Um, Denver's going on a bit of a run. Jimmy knows what he can do. Just gets into the mid-range and knocks down the jumper. Like, just a quick little... Just a quick little blip to shut down the, the momentum of the Miami Heat, or sorry, of the Denver Nuggets. He was so great in that, making some big shots down the stretch. He came so close to putting Denver away with that step back three over Jokic in the, the, the dying moments of that game. Um... But he he was really, really good tonight. And when he knew he didn't have it, I thought his playmaking was was pretty strong as well. He helped up uh, he helped set up Gabe Vincent in, in a couple of moments. Um, defensively, I, I thought it was sometimes a little bit easier for Murray to get past him than maybe it should have been. But overall, I think defensively he did a, a pretty good job in this one as well. And the, the I kind of poo-pooed the Kevin Love adjustment earlier. They did bring it up on the broadcast. What that allows to happen is Love can guard Gordon apparently very well, and then Butler is able to slide over to, to Jamal Murray. And look, I said I, I thought it was easy for Murray to get to the hoop. We'll get to Murray in a second, but he only had, what, 15, 18 points in this game. Um, he was not... He was not the factor that he was in game one. And I think a big part of that is what Jimmy Butler did. So th this isn't going to go down in the record books as a big Jimmy Butler game. But Jimmy Butler had a big game just in, in other ways. And Bam Adebayo, after getting just absolutely ragdolled in game one and having a bit of a difficult time against the Boston Celtics, he came to play in this game. Defensively, you know what you are getting. All... All NBA level de defense from Bam Adebayo, but I thought offensively the guy is leading the rush on the, the fast break. The guy is distributing. He is sharing the basketball. He's scoring the basketball. Um, he, if, if you didn't have Jokic in this series, like if the the, the Lakers had gone on and, and somehow some way beat the Denver Nuggets to to win this series, we would be gushing about. The, the, this new evolution of the big man that is Bam Adebayo. He can handle, he can distribute, he can shoot, he can score, he's great defensively. Look at all of these things that this big man can do. Remember big men back in the day and how hilariously awkward they were? Oh, isn't that great? Um, yeah, th those are, like, we would be singing Bam Adebayo's praises. He just happens to be going up against, like, the absolute peak version of himself um, in, in Nikola Jokic. But Bam really showed up in this game. And if he, I, I don't... I don't know if he's ever going to turn into one of those like difference maker guys, but 
he has, I think, the ability to, to... I think we're just kind of scratching the surface on what Bam Adebayo is is able to do. As for the top players on the Denver side, a lot of focus on this game on, on Nikola Jokic. Uh, Sarat Sohi from The Ringer tweeting out that Jokic's four assists were a postseason low for him. He had four or less assists three times this regular season, and each game was a blowout where he played less than 30 minutes. It really did seem like, you know what? We're going to have Butler on... Um, on Murray, um, we're going to really contest the hell out of everything Porter is doing. We're going to put Kevin Love on Aaron Gordon, which again, kryptonite. And we're going to try to take these options away. And bam, you just go out there and do whatever you can. Um, and Cody Zeller, you, you, you do a couple of minutes of what you do. And we're going to try to, to win games that way. 41 points for Jokic, four assists. That was the, the adjustment to be made. Um, and I know we throw around the word adjustment too much, but that was the adjustment to be made. It is let Jokic do his scoring and see if the see if the other stuff can, you can kind of shut down. And I don't know if they really necessarily shut down Jokic's playmaking ability or if they just did a really good job on the guys who Jokic passed it to once they got the ball. Either way, Miami's defense was really strong on that. But Jokic continues to be just an absolute unicorn when things are going well. But I thought they did something interesting when they went into the zone in the fourth quarter and especially off of their makes. They were able to, to get into that zone and basically deny Jokic the ball because he wants the ball basically at the top of the, the key or right around the free throw line. Well, that is where traditionally you have the two set up when you're doing a 2-3 zone. So those guys basically just did like in the NFL, they just do bracket coverage on Jokic and they don't let him get the ball. And so that, and they did that, especially when Murray was on the bench at the beginning of the fourth quarter. And that's where I think a bit of this run came from was that they were able to kind of take Jokic out of things a little bit, maybe not necessarily out of things, but out of the regular rhythm of what they want to do on offense. Eventually, Jokic gets the ball in the low post, and this was a good adjustment by him. He's like, okay, you're going to, to bracket me with these guys. Well, one of them's a guard, because that's how you play the zone, so I'm just going to seal this guy off, back him down, and get um, get two points. Vincent did all he could on that. So that was a, an interesting chess match to, to be played, but this offense runs so much more smoothly when it's Jokic at the top distributing, and Miami did a phenomenal job of taking that away with the 2-3 the zone, and then... Obviously, Jokic makes the adjustment, but it, it wasn't enough to, to get the rest of the offense going. At that point, it's just getting Jokic the ball just to get the ball to, to him. And that's not how this offense runs. Like, it, you could make an argument that it could be, but it, it is good for him to get the ball and then he can distribute. When he's getting the ball in the low post, he's still very dangerous, but that's not necessarily where they want it, possession after possession after possession after possession after possession. So, some good stuff from, uh, from Miami. Murray... The, the scoring numbers aren't really there. I continue to love the way he plays. The, the athleticism that he plays the quarterback, or the sorry, the uh, point guard position with um, is, is really fun. And I love his aggressiveness in getting to the rim. That shooting has reached another level. And there wasn't, I don't think there was a soul watching that game that didn't think that three was going in in the, the final moments. So Murray, the scoring numbers are a little bit down. I think he's going to need to get going a little bit here in, in game three. But I still liked his game um, in this one tonight. That last play, I understand not taking the timeout. Um, you have two of the, the smartest players in the world on your team in, in Jokic and Murray. So like roll with it. But and I get maybe you're kind of hamstringing things a little bit with four seconds left. Um, once that ball gets poked away from Murray, it kind of feels like it's just like a, oh, oh boy. Like it's a bit of a like, oh shit, we got to we gotta get this shot off. At that point, I think I would have called a timeout just to, to settle it down. As soon as the ball gets poked away, Murray gets it back. There's like 4.4 seconds left. 
at that point, I think, like, I, I know you're allowing Miami to, to get set, but I'm going to, to trust in Murray and in Jokic that on an inbounds play in four seconds, I can get some kind of a shot off. Maybe that's me overanalyzing a little bit too much, but but overall, like overall, this was a heck of a basketball game. Like both teams had double digit leads at different points in this game and both teams battled back from them. Um, the Nuggets appeared dead and gone and then they go on an 11-2 run to get it within three in a minute and a half. Like this is, this was such a phenomenal basketball game. I enjoyed every minute of it. And now game three is going to be a lot of fun. We have to wait for Wednesday for it, but it's going to be a blast. All right, that's going to do it here for part one of the podcast. Uh, thank you all for downloading and listening. Again, you can find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at primetimecline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. And you can email the show couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. This podcast um, I mean, look, you're listening to it right away. So, um, I'm basically doing this one live, essentially. Like, I'm doing this one and putting it up right away. Um, you're gonna have to wait a couple of hours for part two to, to come out. That's gonna be tomorrow morning's podcast. So, um, thank you so much. Rate, review, subscribe wherever you can. Find my general history podcast, We Had No Idea, wherever you get this podcast. And I will talk to you all later.